So we're in our series on the attributes of God. I'm here with Mikey Johnson, and we're going to be digging into these. We talked last week about the incommunicable and communicable attributes of God and how we define them in those two categories. Incommunicable meaning that we don't share them with God, we don't imitate them. And then the communicable are those that are shared, that things that we're supposed to imitate about God. And so we're going to be looking at the incommunicable attributes of God this week and next week. And um, today I want to talk about God's aseity and his eternity. Um, I think most of us know what eternity means, but aseity might be an unfamiliar term for most people, Mm -hmm. but it's important to understand about God. So we're going to define these terms, show where scripture teaches them, and explain why they matter for us. So let's talk about aseity first. What does aseity mean and why should we care about it? Yeah, aseity is probably one that most people aren't familiar with. At least they might know the concept, but not this word. And so this word comes from the Latin ase, which mm-hmm. means from self. Okay. And so it's speaking to the fact that God is self-existent, that yes, he does yeah. not depend on anyone else for his existence. He's self-sufficient, self-contained. He doesn't need anything yeah. from anyone. That's good. That's good. So this is so the implications of this are are what? So the fact that he is self-contained means that when he created the universe, he didn't do that because he needed other people or he needed the universe to generate his existence, but he existed outside of the universe and he created it of his own will. That's good. Cause I think that yeah. this this doctrine naturally answers a lot of questions that I think come up for younger believers. Mm-hmm. One of those that I, you know, heard a lot as a kid, which is you know, oh, did God create us because he was lonely or mm. something, right? And so you're clearly saying, no, because he is self-sufficient, self-existent, he doesn't need anything outside of himself. Right. We don't somehow add something that he's lacking because he's, he's going to lack nothing, right? Um, so that's really, really important. And also just the, the question people have of kind of the defeater, the atheist will ask of, well, who created God? Oh, right? you that kind of like, oh no, I never <laughs> thought of that, right? And the answer, of course, just to be really clear, is that no one created God. God is self-existent. He's always existed. He's he's eternal and he's of himself. And so, and if I know that'll frustrate atheists sometimes because they'll say, Well, you say matter can't be self-existent or eternal, but God can. And the answer is, well, yes, of course, because Am I getting too far into the weeds here? No, but okay. because if matter <clears throat> if matter is eternal, then that means it's always been developing. It's always been you know evolving, and therefore it would have reached the end of that. So it would have reached a, the point of so. In, in other words, the universe is expanding. Mm-hmm. Well, if the universe is eternal and self existent, then the universe would be done expanding. It would be infinite. Because it would have already, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so that's the problem with matter being eternal is that it things act upon it and it changes. And so it would have had to reach the end because there was an eternal past before this moment. Right. So anyway, so I think it's just a very practical, these, these doctrines are very practical, but, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Where does the Bible teach the aseity of God? Yeah. So for instance, one of the most important is Exodus 3, when God says his name, when he defines his name, he says, I am who I am. So there's no point of comparison for who God is. He's always existed. He is himself. Good, good. Um, another is 
Romans 11, 35 to 36. It says, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. So no one has given him anything because he was the one who created everything and no one, he doesn't owe anyone anything and no one has given him anything that he, that he needs. Yeah. So from him to him, through him are all things. Good, good. Or John five twenty six, where God has life in himself is what it says. Mm. And there's some other verses check out Psalm 50 or Isaiah 44. Um, some other ones to check out that also show that God is self-existent. Good, good. Okay. So pretty, pretty definitive in scripture. Why does this matter? Why does it matter that God is ah say? Yeah, this should really three things I'll say. It should humble us first because it helps us realize that God does not need us. Yeah. He he made us of his own will because he wanted as we're going to talk about in a later video about glorifying himself. Yeah. And so it's not as if he depends on us for his existence like we made up God or something and so he really, we're the ones that matter, not him. No, he is the one that matters, and that should humble us. That we're we're not the, we're not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. The God is, and yeah. He has always existed and doesn't need us. And because of that, uh, His will is what matters for our life more than our own, because He made us for His purposes, and so that's why we should obey Him. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, because we naturally tend to think of ourselves as the center of the universe. Right. But this is very clearly saying God is, he is the one that everything else depends on. Right. And he himself depends on no one else. Right. That's great. So humility, it should shape our humility. Another is gratitude. The fact that God doesn't actually need us, but he made us anyways. And not only does he not need us, but he made us. And then even though we sinned against him and didn't do what he made us for, he sent a son to die for us. Yeah. And that is not mm-hmm. something that we deserved. He didn't owe that to us. That was because of his mercy and his love. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And then anything else? Yeah, and another is that this should lead us to worship him, that he he did that for us. That gratitude should lead us to praise him and to obey him. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So, yeah, how little we are, how great God is, and our response has to be worship. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the eternity of God. What does it mean that God is eternal? Yeah, so I've heard people say one definition is that God is the creator and Lord of time. So God created time. He exists outside of time, so he is um, transcendent over time. But at the same time, he's also imminent in time. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that um, he has always existed even before time was being recorded yeah, and he will always exist. And there are even just a lot of different views on God's relationship to time. Right. Right. But absolutely we can say that, um, that God has always existed. Right. Right. There's never been a time where God was not right. He's always existed and he's, he's present at every point in our history, which he obviously created. Right. Right. Um, so where does the Bible teach the eternity of God? few verses. First uh, Timothy 1, 17 says, to the king of the ages, so king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Or Romans 16, 26 refers to God as the eternal God. Revelation 1, 8 describes God as the one who was and is and is to come. Hmm. So those all speak of the fact that God is transcendent over time. 
but there are there is a verse or multiple verses that speak of the fact that he is imminent within time because he has acted in time to bring salvation. Probably the clearest is John 1, 14, which says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So God the Son entered time. He mm. became human and lived in human form and lived for 30-ish years and died on the cross and then rose from the dead and, was, and ascended. So he yeah. entered into our time as a human. And so he's both transcendent over time and imminent within at the same time. Yeah. I love how the, the Bible, it speaks of God being the, the Lord of time, right? Over all of history, over all of time itself. And obviously without beginning and without end. Yeah. But also I, th- I thought of, you know, Psalm 31 where it says in Psalm 31 15, it says, my times are in your hand. Mm-hmm. And that language I think refers more to, as I discussed in a different video on the channel, but refers more to the individual moments that make up our lives. Mm. That God's not just in over time, but also he's in, involved in every point along the, yeah. the, the timeline of our lives. Yeah. All the choices and the moments that make up our lives, he's also Lord over that. So yeah. God's control and his, his, uh, his lordship is so comprehensive mm. that it's hard, beyond our ability to fully fathom, obviously. Yeah. Okay, but we've seen God's eternity displayed pretty clearly in scripture. So why does that matter for us? It matters. I would say the same three things we said for his aseity. It should humble us knowing that God has always existed and we, we came into being, we haven't always existed and our life on this earth is not very long in comparison to eternity. And so we know that God is wise. He has all the experience. We can't say that we're experienced and he isn't. And so that should humble us to recognize that God is the one who has greater knowledge and wisdom and we can depend on him for that. Yeah. It should also make us grateful that God who has always existed, had, he didn't remain aloof and just stay outside of time and not enter into it, but he, he entered into it for what seems to him probably a, a speck and he saved us by sending his son for us. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I also think of Ecclesiastes where it says God's placed eternity in our hearts. Mm. So there's a longing for eternity. That's how I would take that. There's a knowledge that we're made to be something more than we are. But God, even though we're not eternal, so it's not as if our souls were preexistent, right? right? But we are, we do have an immortal soul that will go on forever, right? So God's going to give us that immortality and that life forever, um, and so God's going to invite us into eternity in a sense, right? Right. Not eternity past, but eternity future. Right. right? So we'll yeah. be with him forever. So even though we are these time bound creatures, um, Psalm 90 talks about how our, our days may be 70 or 80 years, right? right. We're very quickly or here like the grass and it fades away and we're gone. And yet God gives to us as a gift that immortality with him. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, amazing. And actually, it's to worship that he yeah. did that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I mean, again, uh, a short amount of time to delve into two just really, really big topics. But I hope this gave all of you an introduction to these topics and we'll be looking more at incommunicable attributes of God in the coming weeks.